Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, Quality Living, with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray, Holistic Physician. Thank you for joining us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on 88.9 FM WQCS. That is National Public Radio, NPR. And um, we're also on uh, Apple iTunes, so podcasts, podcast away. Um, we have a new guest every week, and it's a beautiful thing to uh, be tapped into so many amazing individuals. I feel so blessed, so honored. Uh, every time I do this show, um, I was reflecting on the last few, whatever it is, about six years now I've been doing this, first on Clear Channel, now on NPR for the last three years plus, and uh, I really, really feel uh, amazing about this, <laughs> and, I, and I thank you, all of you, for listening and supporting and, and keeping us on the air and doing what you can to uh, support every person I have on, and today it's a really special and, and much-needed show. Over the years, I've, as a physician, I've seen many um, uh, female patients uh, with uh, urogynecological issues. And for me in this field, my go-to that I refer to um, over the years for many female issues has been Dr. Linda Kiley. Um, she is beloved in this community. She is wonderful. She is not only um, a physician of... Uh, tremendous bedside manner, care, compassion, and skill in the surgeons or surgery aspect, um, uh, artistry of, of that as well. But um, as a as a mother, as a person, she's multi talented. She's <laughs> I admire her uh, love for the martial arts. We've connected there. Um, she's seen me as a patient, which <laughs> is another big thing to be an MD and then subscribe to integrative medicine. And she did this at a time many years ago when I was fairly new in the right. field. So I remember. yes. Yeah. And, um, and you even studied it yourself. I did. So yeah. um, you're open minded, you're interesting, you're talented, you're, you're so many things and you just glow. Um, <laughs> and, and we want to send some love to your mom. Thank you. And uh, we won't much. have to get into that, but we did talk off air about all the other things that you deal with as a person. <laughs> and I just, I want to humanize you because it, amongst all the, the wonderful things you do and what we will speak about for the listeners, you know, humanizing our physicians is important Absolutely. because sometimes we think they're just like these <laughs> tools to be used for our own needs, right? Like right, these robots that right, just show right. up and take care of us and, right. and that's yeah, it. But no, you're people. Your yeah, and, yes, you're people. Definitely. And we have lives. And, and uh, yeah. so your gynecological needs of our women today have changed a bit. It's, it's, um, 
I don't know if it's changed a bit, but it, I, I guess the approaches have changed, and your approach is almost against the norm. It's more comprehensive, and that's really why we connected and said, look, right. it's time to do a show about this and let people know there are options, Absolutely. and it's more than just surgery. Right. So Absolutely. let's talk about your background, Okay. because it wasn't always in this field. Correct. Okay. All right, well... Um, I started out, I went to UCLA for medical school, um, and I did my residency at George Washington. So I did a residency in obstetrics and gynecology, and I worked as a generalist, although I was always, um, <clears throat> I don't, I guess, talented with surgery and minimally invasive surgery. and really felt that that was where surgery was going anyway. Um, my goal was always to leave the smallest marks possible and do the least invasive thing possible. So uh, at any rate, I worked on in uh, faculty positions and I met and worked with a urogynecologist when I was in California. And he kind of took me under his wing, trained me on surgical approaches to urogynecologic problems. And I probably should back up a little and say what a urogynecologist is, because yes, a lot of people have yeah. never heard of one. Right. Yeah. And um, the joke is, you know, I only take payment in euros or I only treat Europeans, <laughs> and, but it's U-R-O, <laughs> not E-U-R-O. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so what that means is that uh, we treat disorders of the pelvic floor. And the pelvic floor is everything that is below your abdomen, essentially. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. everything that holds everything in. Um, so it's not just about the uterus or the ovaries or the bladder or the colon or any of those. Mm -hmm. It's all of those things. And it's also about the skeleton, the musculoskeletal part mm -hmm. and the connective tissue and the nerves and blood vessels and all of those other things. So it's really about everything in the pelvis. And of course, the pelvis is not this isolated thing. Right. The pelvis is part of the entire body. It right. just happens to be the seat of locomotion and a lot of the other things that we do and we don't think about it too much unless it's giving us trouble. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and that's the re that was the thing I was wanting to get to too is that right. most people have no concept of this and oh. how there's this uh, sort of suspension going on. Right. Right? Absolutely. And until that suspension gives away and things are kind of coming out of your body in a weird way you're like right. What the heck is going right. on? Am I dying? <laughs> no, right. it happens, and it yes. happens more frequently than people would like to oh, even absolutely. know or hear about. But it's something to do some preventative care and to be aware of. So absolutely. I'm so happy you're here. Let's, yeah, well, I'm so glad continue. to be here too. Yeah. This is this has really become my mission in life yeah. because. I learned a lot of these things along the way. I was not taught this stuff in medical school. I mean, I learned way back before I went to medical school that I could benefit from chiropractic treatment and things like that. And I learned about diet and yoga and meditation and all mm -hmm. of those things before I went to medical school. So it wasn't like I was just indoctrinated into the hard science of, you know, medicine is, you know, medicine, surgery, whatever. Um, but once one gets into that system, that's really sort of the mindset of organized medicine. And um, I always felt that there was more to it and tried to incorporate those things to the best of my ability. But, um, you know, it takes a long time to learn as a physician what, what works, what yeah. doesn't work, and, and how to incorporate those things into, into the practice of medicine you know, while still remaining true to, you know, 
scientific study and, and mm -hmm. understanding and all of that stuff. I mean, you know, I learned a long time ago, actually when I was in medical school, that a lot of medical literature is not really done well and it's important to evaluate every article. So things that you read on the internet and even things that you read in medical journals, it's more important to understand how they went about finding that data mm -hmm. and, and gathering that data than th what their conclusion is. Their conclusion is only valid if they had good tool gathering and information mm -hmm. gathering. So um, I was trained a long time ago to really critically read articles, and I realized that a lot of them are not so great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and that plus experience with patients doing things that I thought that I'd been trained to do and everything seemed to go perfectly and then they didn't do well. And I really had to ask myself why, you know, because um, I tend to take things really hard if everything's not perfect. Yeah. That's just, you know, the nature so of the beast. when you're passionate about your, yeah. your work. Yeah, yeah, I want everything to be perfect, yeah. you know. So, um, and not just on paper, too, because some, you know, physicians or surgeons especially, they're like, I did my job on paper. This is what it was. And this is what I fixed. If you're still in pain, if you're still not happy, that's your problem. Right. Exactly. And, and I never really felt not, that way. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a disconnect. Yeah. Well, I've also seen so many women, and I think this tends to be true more with women mm -hmm. who've had m functional disorders or most commonly musculoskeletal disorders in the pelvis. And because it doesn't show up on a CAT scan or an MRI or an ultrasound, and the, and the examination that's done doesn't look at those things specifically, they're just kind of told, well, you're crazy, you know, or you need to see a psychiatrist, or, you know, they're, they're sort of pushed away as, mm -hmm. you know, well, I don't know what you have, so you must not have anything, and it must all be in your head. Mm -hmm. And that really, angers me. If, there, if there's anything that really makes me angry in medicine, it's that. It's that women's experience. And obviously, I don't see men, so I know it happens to men as well. But right. I think it happens more commonly. I mean, what what does the word hysterectomy come from? Right. Mm. Hysteria. Mm. You know, they used to take the uterus and ovaries out from hysterical women. You know, that's, that's true. That's a fact. We know that. That's why we still call it that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that women's experience is so discounted and um, women are made to feel as though they're at fault when they're having some sort of distress or mm -hmm. disorder. And I can't tell you the number of women that I've seen that, you know, I just listen to them and I examine them thoroughly and I say, oh, well, I know what you have. I, uh, half the time I know what they have before I examine them, but I must examine them to be sure. Mm. Um, and they're completely surprised, and a lot of times they they cry because they thought they were crazy, and they expected me to tell them that they were, that they yeah. were crazy. And I say, no, you're not crazy yeah. at all. You have something. You know, we may not know what it is right away, and sometimes I don't find it right away. We mm. may not know that, mm. but I believe you. Right. You know, and and to be believed that you're what you are describing, even though it sounds really weird or bizarre or whatever doesn't mean it's not happening and it doesn't mean you made it up or that you're attention seeking mm -hmm. or any of that other stuff that I was taught I mean I can't tell you the number of times in training yeah. that I had the eye rolling of oh God, mm -hmm. she's making you know wow. boy is she really you know and so I think you know one thing has to be said too it's it does happen probably more from a male uh, physician to a female but when it happens from a female physician 
to a female, I think that's it's even harder. Yeah, yeah. I, it is. I've heard I mean, that too because I've yeah. gotten patients who've gone through the gamut of care and have you know been told crazy, yes. crazy, crazy. Then yes. they see me, and then I believe them, and then they're crying to me. But right. they're like, you know, can you believe that I my last person was a female physician yes. who didn't even believe me, and yes. then you're giving me answers, mm-hmm. you know, and they, that that male female thing is an issue. Yes, yeah. it's an issue, and I think that that women sort of are a little bit more accustomed to being disbelieved mm-hmm. by men, mm-hmm. you know, because of yeah. the establishment sure, of medicine sure, yeah. for so many it's years. It's because men are uh, generally more ego-driven in yeah. terms of, like, you know, uh, that, that God complex comes from a male, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so if right. you can't fix it, then it must not be... You know, it must not be real, right? Because the body's just a machine, <laughs> exactly, and yeah. yes, it's a machine. But yeah. you know, if you don't know, if all you know about a car is that it's got tires and a wheel, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, and yeah. a and a steering wheel, so, yeah. and you're missing out on all of the other little yeah. gadgets that are in there that make the car work, then you're not going to be able to tell what's wrong with a car, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So. You know, if, at least if you think it's a machine, be sure you know every single part That's of it. that machine yeah. and you understand how it works together before you start saying, well, well yeah. there's nothing wrong. The tires look great. Exactly. Steering wheel's perfect. So you know? now we're looking at, you know, one of the biggest complaints that you may see, obviously, prolapsed uterus or prolapsed anus. You know, just right. to be blunt about right. it, that's sure. like the big deal. While someone might call you up and say, "Hey, <laughs> I that's need your one. help." Although, right? although incontinence or accidental sure, sure. Incontinence, bladder that's, leakage that's, or bowel leakage, yeah. those are functionally huge, those yeah. are yeah. devastating, right. yes. and they tend to create a lot of other problems for. Well, women. it's a people of a lifestyle because now instead of being able to get up and go where you want, you have to say, "Oh man, I had some water. I'm not going right. to be able to hold this. I can't drive it." Right. They stop and exercising. They, they stop, stop yeah. walking. They stop right. going out. Watching how they laugh when yeah, they sneeze. Right, I mean, it's it's right. a hard endeavor, and that happens both male and female, oh, but yeah, definitely yeah. for females. And and so, give us some of the backstory of that. What are some of the 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 reasons why incontinence will happen? And then let's go into the prolapse. Okay. All right. So, well, there are a lot of things. Obviously, there are the structural things. There are, there are many different types of incontinence. So it's not just one thing. Even though the end result is the same, there's an accidental loss of urine when one doesn't want that to happen. Um, uh, not that we ever want an accident to happen, but um, there's the, the anatomic, which is what we call stress incontinence, which means you're coughing, you're laughing, you're sneezing, you're jumping, you're doing jumping jacks, or you know whatever kind of activity that creates a strain in your body, and that results in loss of urine. Um, that's called stress incontinence. Urge incontinence or overactive bladder is something completely different. And even though the end result is the same, uh, it's it's caused by a, uh, it has a different cause and it's treated a little differently with the exception of physical therapy, which works for everything. But um, so urge incontinence, what we call that is when you have the feeling that you need to go but you can't make it in time to the bathroom. Or you think about it, or you hear running water, or you put your hands in water, or whatever, and it starts coming out before you can do anything. Or you stand up on your way to the bathroom, boom, it's all out. So that is a uh, neuromuscular mechanism, which is a physiologic problem, not an anatomic problem. You could have the tightest bladder in the world with you know everything hiked up and no prolapse or any dropping or anything like that, and still have urge incontinence. And you could have a very loose, floppy everything and not have stress incontinence. So it's not all just 
about one thing. Mm. Um, for prevention, um, one of the things that is good about some of the other countries in the world is that postpartum women automatically get pelvic therapy. Mm. And wow. Um, here, if they get anything, they just get told, well, go do kegels. You know, those are good. If they get anything, Go do it. Yeah. And they're not even taught how right. to do them properly. Right. They're not even taught how often. So they may be doing them all wrong or too mm. often or not often enough right. or whatever. And if, for our listeners, just a uh, kegel is... It's a squeeze. Right. It's a squeeze. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And, um, and it's more right. of a frontal squeeze. And that's the thing, too, is sometimes, like you said, they're not even doing it correct. Right, right. So they're squeezing, but they're squeezing more of the rare or right. the... Or, or well, your, yeah, or they're your, squeezing your their abdomens or, or they're bearing or, yeah. down. I've seen that a lot. It's more of as if you were going to urinate and you wanted to stop the urination, it is that muscle right. that you work right. to. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, and, and the other thing I always tell my patients, because I've seen this uh, in magazine articles, I even saw it, I think, in, in a Dr. Oz article, which it just oh, killed me. Mm. Um, do not practice Kegels when you're trying to pee. If you want to find the muscles one time mm-hmm. to stop the flow of urine, that's okay. But that is not the time to practice it mm-hmm. because voiding, is, which is what we call urination, is a reflex. So the brain, the spinal cord, and the bladder are tightly connected. And if you interrupt that reflex too often, you're going to disrupt that flow mm-hmm. of information. Wow. And you can create new problems. That's so important. So do not do, not do Kegels while you're peeing. Mm-hmm. You can do it one time. Just to just find, to find it, see yeah. if you can stop the flow. Yeah. Once you've done that, you know where it is, yeah. practice it outside of that arena. Hmm. Good. <laughs> so um, I'm glad I got to say that on the yeah. air because yeah. I tell so, so many people yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, uh, doing that exercise where you're able to stop the flow of urine by tightening your pelvic muscles uh, or the muscles in your pelvic floor, that's mm-hmm. what we call it is something that can help strengthen the entire pelvis. However, it's really best done with a trained pelvic therapist. Gotcha. Because they can make sure you're doing it properly and the number of times you're doing it is correct. Mm. So it, I, I liken it to going to a gym. Right. If you just walk into a gym and start randomly picking up weights, <laughs> yeah, you, can, you might do okay, yeah. but you also might hurt yourself. Right. You know, chances are you're not going to get the optimal results unless you have a trainer who can help you through your initial workout pattern. And then you can take it over yourself because you know what to do. So that's why a pelvic therapist is really important. And we don't have enough of them in this in this country, in this area, anything. Yeah, but, you I, I, know, I, don't, I don't really know too many. <laughs> yeah, I have a network. Yeah. I do. So um, I'm fortunate to, I, I vet them, so I speak with them and find out exactly what their training is and how they approach patients and mm-hmm. how long they've been doing it. Right. And then I can start to develop a comfort level and I know who to send to whom. Right. Um, but they're extremely important in, in developing and maintaining pelvic health. So postpartum for the anatomic stuff, or even for a woman who's not been pregnant, you know, having a good pelvic floor is important, but also approaching it in the right way. Yes. Um, yes. The second thing, we have this this kind of joking saying in in gynecology and, and I guess urology too, about nurse's bladder, 
uh, teacher's bladder, postal carrier's bladder, surgeon's bladder, and that's where you just hold it as long as you possibly can until you're almost dying. You run to the bathroom really quick, squeeze every little bit of urine you can in like five seconds, and run back out and do your thing. So you do not allow your pelvic floor to fully relax. You don't take those deep breaths. You don't empty completely. You just do this this you know firefighters thing of okay i'm running in i'm running out because i've got something really important going on and i don't have time and by doing that by by really forcing your bladder to behave in an unnatural way for a long period of time you're going to tend to develop problems those right. those reflexes are not working properly yeah so i've seen those problems and i've had to treat them with acupuncture because right. they're not voiding fully right yeah. right and and you know it can be due to muscle spasm mm-hmm. it can be due to a neuromuscular problem sure. it yeah. can be due to poor techniques um learned behaviors yeah. that are just really really detrimental to their health so those, all of those things have to be addressed. So, you know, if I see somebody who comes in who's complaining that she's losing urine, um, it, we first establish what the problem is. What is the nature of the problem? Is it a little bit of both things that right. I described? Is it something entirely different, in that which case we have to look at other things? Um, what are we dealing with? I make them do a three-day diary charting everything they take in that's liquid and everything they put out that's liquid under right. whatever circumstance, how much, when, all of that. That's good. Um, most diaries I see don't address all of that, but I need to see ins and outs because if I see somebody who comes in and says, you know, I'm peeing all the time, and then I see their diary that they're drinking, you know, a gallon a day, right. yeah. well, you're going to pee a gallon a day if you drink <laughs> one, so you don't want to go that often. Yeah. You don't have to drink that. Yeah. And sometimes a simple little Too much of a good thing, are, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you can you fix it really quickly. Those little things, yeah. So I, I try to go with practical, simple, mm-hmm. you know, those Start things there. are important. Yeah. And I send them to pelvic therapy. If I feel that there may be something else going on that I need to evaluate, I will do some other testing. I might do a urodynamics test, which will functionally evaluate the bladder. Mm-hmm. Um or I might do some nerve testing. You know, I definitely do a physical exam. Then we get the diary. Right. We get them to physical therapy. We see how they do. So um, that's always the first step, in my opinion. And many women I see have never heard of pelvic physical therapy. They have, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. They were given medications or they had surgery or whatever. So, um, so that's something that I always try to address. And that also goes with the bowel. You know, we obviously approach it a little differently, but it's the same issue. We have to ask the same questions. We have to get the same information. And we start with the same things, physical therapy. Again, I believe that we should take it in a logical stepwise fashion, you know, do the least invasive, least side effect prone thing first, and then we add things as we need. And we we get to the point maybe where we have to do something invasive, but we, we go through all of that and discuss the pros and cons and decide what we're going to do. That's so important. And I always, I always call it the tiered approach. Yes. And why I explain it to patients that way is because if you can look at the whole source of the problem and fix the whole system, right. you're going to have a better longevity. If you just go straight for the alteration of the, the, the biomechanics or the mechanics right. of the system, you're not looking at the root cause, right. you're going to miss some things. And down the road, you could have other problems right. pop up. 
Right, and you may not fix it. Right. That's the other thing is that, you know, I see a lot of women who've had prolapse surgery right. and they still have the problems they were complaining about. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, yeah, you, maybe you did have a little prolapse, but that was not really your problem. Got that was it. the visible thing. Right. Prolapse is not a painful condition in the vast majority of cases. Mm -hmm. um, even when I've seen it, you know, really hanging out, no pain, nothing. So. You know, we have to get to what is the thing bothering you and not fix what we're just looking at. Right. You know, mm -hmm. we have to look at everything and listen to everything and examine everything and come up with really defining the problem. Then we can go about trying to solve that problem. Right. And sometimes that's going to be physical therapy. Sometimes it's sure. going to be a pessary, you know, yeah. which is a device that holds everything in right. without yeah. surgery. Sometimes it's going to be surgery. But we don't start with surgery unless there's absolutely no question that that's indicated. I mean, sort of like akin to, you know, if you have a ruptured appendix, you're not going to do physical therapy. Right, yeah, you're exactly. going to the yeah, OR, exactly, you know. Yeah. So it, it's my job to figure out if somebody needs to go to the ER, go to the OR, whatever, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, when they see me. But otherwise... Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I try to take it in a stepwise fashion and do whatever needs to be done to address the problem that's bothering the person, right. not just what I'm looking at. Right. So, Another thing I love about your practice, and, and we did have to share your information uh, for our listeners, but that you also, when it comes to painful situations, you're not going straight to pain meds. No. You're now offering uh, cannabis-related yes. uh, care. Yes, I do have a consulting practice called the Center for Compassionate Medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, I offer, after evaluating the patient and I examine them, and, you know, we go over everything really that, that is bothering them, then I determine if maybe CBD or a THC-containing product or some sort of hybrid mm -hmm. is appropriate for them to help them with their pain. Wonderful. And um, then you monitor it and they go through absolutely. and they have your hand-holding expertise. Yes. That's I, great. How thanks. do we reach you? How do our listeners reach you? All right. Well, my office phone is 561-701-2841. I'm in Palm Beach Gardens, um, an office on Burns Road, just across from Palm Beach Gardens Hospital. Uh, my practice name is... The center, the Palm Beach Center for Pelvic Health, and my name is Dr. Linda Kiley. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a website? I do. It's www.drlindakiley.com. Mm -hmm. I'm also on Instagram as the Holistic Urogynecologist. All right. So you can visit me there. I try to put. I have a, another Instagram and and I have a Facebook page as well, the the Palm Beach Center for Pelvic Health, and I try to post things that are pertinent that are not just about you know have surgery or yeah. take this pill or whatever yeah. so beautiful thank you for having me oh this has I'm been great so and it's so informative it. and i hope it excites everyone to be preventative instead of just Absolutely. waiting for things to go south definitely. so to speak definitely <laughs> if i may be so <laughs> funny uh this has been what another is the universe trying to tell us now with well you we can Dr. find Kay out Ray. saturday april 27th from 12 to 3 p.m at the new norton museum of art stiller auditorium at the first annual Star Summit Talk with special panelists, Brown University astrophysicist Dr. Stefan Alexander, Director of Science Institute at St. John's College, Peter Pesek, John Bell, Director of the Planetarium at IRSC, Functional Medicine Doctor, Mark Gokey, as well as Functional Nutritionist, Mary Gokey. 
We'll see you there at the first annual Star Summit Talk, science, technology, arts, renaissance, moderated by yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray, holistic physician. Purchase your tickets via eventbrite.com today. See you next time. Oh, you wish you don't matter the same. I say you.